You're about to listen to another Bonversation. Bonversations feature the most interesting and insightful people in the act realm and beyond. Every episode is made possible by people like you who value and support independent media. Now here's your host, JLB. It wasn't a tent, it was this magnificent thing. Yes, Bonversations episode number 37. I'm speaking with Luke from the Reality Skeptic podcast, and he's relatively new to the scene, but he's already done some terrific interviews with his Reality Skeptic podcast, which is available on BitChute and on a bunch of other platforms. We'll talk about that later on. But this dude, I don't even know how old he is. I think he's relatively young, and he is terrific at what he does. And I, for one, hope that this is the beginning of what's going to be a long-lasting interview series that he does. Let's speak to the man right now, Luke from Reality Skeptic. Great to have you on The Conversations. Yeah, thanks uh, for inviting me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, you're coming to us from a place, let's see if I can pronounce this, Chuhuf in Poland. Yes, almost almost perfect, yes. Chuhuf in Poland, the northwestern part of Poland, yes. And this is one of the things that I was surprised by when I first became familiar with your work through Fakeologist, actually, so credit to him. Late last year, I heard about this Luke from Reality Skeptic via the Fakeologist podcast. And you're from Poland. I have to say, I don't think I've heard many people in this corner of the internet from Poland. So my first question for you is, how does somebody from Poland find himself interviewing guys like the fakeologist and John LeBon? How do you end up even interested in these English-based podcasts and then starting your own? I'm guessing this is not a very common thing in Poland. I could be wrong. Tell me, how did you get into all of this? Well, it's a, it's a very good question and it's very difficult to answer like uh, in a simple terms, but I will tell you that uh, I had a very difficult and different uh, kind of a life when it comes to my mid-twenties and uh, up to uh, now. Uh, so uh, I would say that I was, you know, sort of always curious about how the w- world works, but um, I was more interested in science like uh, physics and astronomy, astrophysics and stuff like that. And I sort of was brainwashed, you know, into going study electronic engineering and stuff like that. And soon after I, I was, you know, going through, you know, periods of, of I would say, depression, but that's uh, even not, not, I don't know if that's the correct word. And sometimes you just feel that something is wrong with this world. And I could not even find proper information about the things I was suspecting. I always thought that science is something missing. You know, the quantum mechanics didn't really speak to me. I, I studied that stuff, and obviously I, uh, I had some friends who were talking more about alternative versions of, let's say, geopolitics, and uh, that started me, you know, thinking that maybe I don't know what's happening in the world, and I started digging, and I couldn't really find any Polish people who would speak about, you know, stuff like that. I started, uh, you know, searching YouTube and in the internet, and they, they always. Uh, I always found some people from the United States or places like that who were, you know, having channels and speaking about, you know, how 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 fake the I mean not 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 in the beginning how the fake is but how the mainstream media is lying and I could never find anyone from Poland who would speak about this thing so I started looking deeper and obviously there were plenty of dif- different channels and um mostly pe- people from the like North America and stuff like that and I, you know, since I, I, my English wasn't that uh, bad, I mean, I have better understanding when I listen than I, when I speak. I mean, my level of speaking is not maybe 100%, but so I, I, you know, I dropped the Polish, you know, podcasts and the information and, and I started uh, listening to other channels and I like it. I think the, that was something missing in the, in the Central Europe part of uh, the world uh, when it comes to, you know, digging deeper and I'm really, uh, you know, how somehow it even it's hard to explain because some just some channels just pop in, like you can read comments on the YouTube channels and somebody makes a reference to some other channel and I was sort of, you know, clicking this and that and <laughs> started finding more valuable information and and just intuitively, you know, uh, I can tell you the details about, you know, what I was searching, uh, what what channels did I specifically find, but I don't know if you're interested. Uh, I'm definitely interested. That's why we've got you here. I want to learn how you ended up doing what you're doing. And this is what I like to ask all the guests that I get here. Basically, their chronology 
So we're sitting here talking now and you've interviewed people who talk about things like fake nukes and shall we say questions about do viruses really exist and this kind of thing. Those are the kinds of people that you're interviewing and you seem to be very skeptical of those things yourself. So I want to know, how did you end up here? So take us right back to the start. When was the first time you realized, for example, that maybe the news stories about certain shootings or bombings might not be real? Or when was the first time you realized that maybe these stories about war and these big, scary weapons might not be real or so-called viruses? Take us right back to the start. When was the first time you realized, hold on, there is a big deception going on here? Well, uh, I had a friend in high school who I later studied with, um, who was sort of telling me sometimes when uh, we were talking about different stories in the media that they are not correct, but he was not saying that they are fake, but he was looking at the more, you know, right-wing sort of alternative approach, and we, which is that, you know, the U.S. sort of is not uh, fighting the terrorists, that the U.S. might be the terrorists, but he also was believing that people were dying, you know, in the Middle East, for example, right? He, he thought the, those things were sort of real, but he always dropped some hints and uh, some information, small informations about how how you would, uh, the mainstream media sort of spins it to, to the favor of, of United States and Israel and stuff like that. And he was sort of questioning that, but we all, we both were, you know, brainwashed uh, and we sort of believe that everything is, is real, just has a different spin on it. Uh, so I started, you know, thinking about it, but then uh, later I sort of, you know, uh, moved from from Gdańsk to, to Poznań and I had a different friend also from high school who was living in Poznań and we, you know, started a, a small business, uh, which I later dropped the idea of, of, of doing that, but he was, uh, he and our other friend was sort of questioning the whole you know, geopolitics stuff, and I was listening to them, and I one day was just like completely, my mind went completely silent, and I realized that I don't have any fucking knowledge about anything. It's like I was completely empty. I was listening to the conversation of the two guys, and I was, I was like completely shocked that uh, that I don't even have anything to say because I, I, I wasn't completely, I was completely confused about what's happening. So I started, you know, uh, digging and reading and watching YouTube videos. I sort of had a period when we uh, suspended our uh, business a little bit because uh, it needed some some the place where we're doing needed some renovation. And I started digging and digging and watching YouTube videos. And you know, you, you quickly uh, found about uh, I found about you know the Jesuit order and the Jews and the banking scams and stuff like that. So. And that's, you know, years go by and uh, I sort of started digging into spirituality and stuff like that. And and uh, I don't even uh, know how it, uh, when I first heard that, you know, the 9-11 stuff, there were no planes. And that's as well, whole, whole you know, movie set and, and CGI, you know, on television. I don't even know what's the, what's the right word for it. I think, let's say it was a cartoon, you know, 9-11 was a cartoon. And I don't remember... Who, who told me that first, what channel was it? Uh, but, you know, I started uh, then digging and I found, you know, uh, Infinite Plane Radio, then Fakeologist, and, uh, and somehow I, you know, quickly realized that my deepest, uh, you know, intuitive sense that I have been lied to about everything was sort of, sort of true. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know even if that answers your question. So, <laughs> I think it does to an extent. So, back in high school, you had a friend who said to you that he doesn't believe the TV is telling the truth, and he was coming from like a right wing perspective, I suppose. And then, fast forward a little while, you started digging into spirituality, and then at some point, you heard about the no planes idea on nine eleven. And the idea that the planes are kind of like a cartoon, which is a term that I first heard being promoted by Simon Shack, actually. Does that name ring a bell to you, Simon Shack from September Clues? Yes, yes. Uh, but actually, it wasn't the first person I, I came across. Uh, but yeah, I, I learned about him only later, uh, thanks to Fakeologist, you know, Fakeotube. Uh, but he, because he has on his Fakeotube platform, uh, you know, a 
movie, right, from Simon Shack. So that was on that was later, you know. But so I can't remember when I first heard that the planes were just a cartoon. I don't remember who said that. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. So you found Infinite Plane Radio and Fakeologist. So let's start from there then. Do you remember roughly when, was it last year or the year before? Do you know roughly when you first heard of Infinite Plane Radio and then Fakeologist? Yeah, I, actually, I should say that uh, I, I first found Armun and uh, in his, in his channel, Armano rather, from from Portugal, right? He had made a playlist on his YouTube channel and he, he called into the Infinite Plane Radio and that's how I found uh, that that platform and Tim Osman because uh, you know I was still listening to different podcasts and people um, were making I I was reading lots of comments on their YouTube videos and I have to say that from I from what I remember and I don't have a, such a good memory of, uh, but somebody made a reference to 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 his channel to to Armon Reed channel and uh, he made a reference to Tim Osman and I think that's how I found Infantry Radio I might have came across some of his videos earlier, but I, the name Tim Osman was ringing a bell, but I, I, I don't remember how, how exactly the sequence went, but yeah, that's, that's how I started. It was, I think it was 2020, later 2020, not, not the beginning, not the, not the first part of the pandemic. I think it was, you know, some months after the so-called pandemic began. So might have been end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021 when I started to okay who is this what is this infinite plane radio thing so that's how it started and he had fakeologists on his show and i obviously i clicked there and listened to the, all the videos that he puts on fakeotube and not maybe all of them but more many of them so that's how i you know discovered it was a few few years ago actually so you've been in this corner of the internet for a few years and because it is of course january 25 2024 so if it was late 2020 when you first found this corner of the, what I call the alternative conspiracy truth realm, the act realm, that's about, what, three years? So you've been familiar with this media fakery and the more, maybe shall we say, extreme conspiracy theories, because a, a lot of the conspiracy scene is relatively vanilla and they, a lot of them still believe that the shootings and the bombings are real. They still believe in outer space and all this kind of stuff. This more extreme corner of the net, you've been familiar with it for a few years then, is what you're telling me. Yeah. But obviously I was questioning, uh, you know, science and stuff like that, since I had a sort of engineering science background, I was also questioning the the whole physics of uh, quantum mechanics, but that was an uh, alternative, uh, you know, thing I was doing, because I, I never am focused on one thing, like, it's not like I'm listening to one or two channels, I... I always have had, I mean, that's, that's not uh, happening now because I don't listen to many channels right now, but I always had, you know, many different interests. I might have listened to a guy who does experiments with magnets, you know, there's, there's this guy, Ken, Ken Wheeler on YouTube, who was saying that whole def, the whole mainstream physics is complete garbage, right? But he obviously is not a auto-hoaxer or a fakeologist himself, he just makes experiments with magnets and stuff like that. So obviously I, I was interested in different things. And, uh, so I was questioning science and, and uh, whole, you know, general relativity and quantum mechanics even before that. So, so there is obviously different, different routes that I was taking, you know. So you said that you studied electronic engineering and then you just mentioned now that just now that you were listening to, what's his name, Ken Wheeler? Yeah, he has a, a YouTube channel, Toria Pophazis. He is he, not something that he is not someone who would you want to listen because he is only he's some guy who believes all those shootings and stuff is real. But the only thing I mention is because uh, he is sort of great when it comes to a very very straight way uh, and very intelligent way showing how the fake how fake the the, the physics is. You know how them physics professor are just mathematical tricksters and stuff like that he's very good at that but other information you won't you won't find anything valuable from him right he, he's just i would say i, I don't want to call him a one-trick pony you know so to speak but he's uh, you know i i don't throw a baby with the bathwater so to speak so when i hear a channel who has something interesting to say and even if that channel believes that you know outer, outer space is real I'm not going to you know, dismiss everything they say, so so that's you know it's never this. Uh, I know some some people might believe that you know discovering truth is this linear approach that you take from one point to to the next point and then you one step further. It's uh, for me it was very 
chaotic, you know. So it's it's uh, obviously I was also interested in in spirituality and whether those people who claim they out of body experiences they claim all different kinds of stuff. I, you know, I was also interested at the same time about whether they are lying or fooling themselves, whether there is real. So my interests were so, so you know, scrambled all over the place. So it's hard to, you know, pinpoint one one journey, one linear point from to the to another, if you know what I mean. I do. And you said something earlier about how you were always curious about how the world works. I've got this theory that a lot of people who end up in this corner of the internet they were always a, at least a little bit more interested or curious about the nature of this world and what's really happening. Going right back to even childhood, most people who end up here, and this is my theory, and I want your opinion in just a second, most of them, they weren't just completely normal people leading totally normal lives, and then suddenly they discovered something, and then they became awake just to use that term in a in a loose general sense it's a bit cliched but you know what i mean i've got this idea that people didn't just go from completely normal to suddenly going down the rabbit hole and becoming red peeled and awake and however you want to put it i don't think it happens just completely normal people suddenly go down this path i think most people who end up here were always a little bit more curious or skeptical or open-minded, or there was something different about them. Going right back to childhood, there was this latent interest or capacity for questioning things. And then something happens. They saw a video or they met somebody or something happened that then sparked an interest or they discovered something and then they went down the rabbit hole. So what I'm trying to say is, in my opinion, most people who end up here, it's not like they were totally normal and then suddenly they changed dramatically. It's more of they were always a little bit different. And this is in contrast to what I hear some people saying about how, oh, JLB, weren't you a normie once? Like, why are you so cynical about the chance for a normie to wake up? Weren't you a normie once? And I'm like, yeah, I was a normie once. But there was always something going right back to childhood where I was a little bit different. And I think that's the case for a lot of people who end up here, including many people listening to this podcast right now. So I'm putting this idea to you, Luke. What do you think about this idea? Do you think people go from completely normal and then suddenly they start to wake up? Or do you think maybe your case is a typical case where you were always curious and then later in life you went down this path, but you were always a little bit different? I would have to agree with that. That's uh, some people have something inside of them and it's, and it's hard to even call it. I know people like to use these spiritual terms about soul and spirit and stuff like that, but something there is a, some kind of a um, different wiring or a different spark or different kind of energy uh, to certain people that uh, I would have to agree that some people are just, they are bound to, to you know, to search for more, to, to be more curious, to, to, to even wake up in a, in a deeper meaning of the world, waking up. So, some people are just never gonna get it, and um, it's a difficult difficult to answer because we don't even know how the how the human organism really operates, right? So people have all those theories about you know uh, mind, spirit, soul, and then some people dismiss all of that, and some people call it you know they're just bi biological wiring and. You know, it's difficult to say what makes some people different, but there's definitely a difference. You know, I I never felt like I belong in this society. You know, to tell you the the truth, I was, I, you know, I'm the only child. I don't have any brothers and sisters. I was always, you know, have a separate room in my, you know, house. I was, I was like, I liked playing alone. I mean, I had friends with me, played football together and stuff like that. But I always was this. You know, this strange child who want, sometimes even wanted to play alone, to, to be alone, I, and to, to, to read all kinds of different books, whether it was some stupid books about answering scientific questions in a simple way. Like I had this book when I was like, I don't know, 8, 10, maybe years old, something like, you know, typical questions about science, science. And, you know, I was reading all those kinds of books even when I was you know 10 or younger so i don't know some some people just never do, do that you know so it's yeah there is something um which i cannot put my finger on what exactly it is and wh where it comes from but some people do have it some people don't have it 
what it is, how it comes, I, I don't know. Do you have any theories as to why this is? If it is the case that there are some people, even as children, who have this spark or this different energy, and then there are some children who don't, most children, they're just normal children. They don't, they're not asking questions, they're not reading books, they're just normal children, just living their normal lives. But these kids who do seem to have a different curiosity or a different spark, do you have any theories as to why there is this difference, even among children? You know, that's, um, I would have uh, two theories, and uh, one is way out there, and it's way woo-woo, but the other is less woo-woo. But, um... Let's the less woo-woo one, then we'll go to the more woo-woo one. Let's start off with the more simple one. You know, I think... Um... The simple one would be let's let's forget about you know uh, life after life and other dimensions and soul and spirit and for, forget about all those things. I think even if you know you are just this this uh, intelligent energetical electromagnetic biological creature, I think the the whole surrounding and um, there is some kind of different simply different wiring for some people. That's the first simple theory. I you know some people are just I'm not saying that they are you know simply have a different they brains differently wired but there is maybe something to that that you have a certain uh, i'm not saying that biological dna but some kind of a different you know kind of a dna in inside uh, you know maybe maybe some people are just more biologically resistant to being you know poisoned by this food and and, and drugs when every child receives uh, and maybe some just that would be the simple explanation right that the wiring of certain uh, biological entities is different, which allows them to to not um, be so, you know, physically and mentally poisoned by by the by the surrounding, you know, uh, and maybe because you know, I I never really, I cannot really say what would happen if I had like you know five sisters and brothers, and everyone would always wanted my you know participation, in some kinds of different things, and I don't know what would happen if I was never sort of left alone because you know. My parents had issues, you know, they ended up separated and I was sort of, you know, left alone many times to play alone. I don't know what would happen if I if I wasn't, but that's just one simple biochemical electromagnetic explanation, yeah, which is some people would call more material explanation that some people are just, you know, put in a different environment and they are not affected by by the environment so much, meaning society and culture that much as other children. That might be one simple, very simple explanation. I don't know if that's uh, would, uh, if I said it clearly, but uh... yeah, I think so. So you're talking about a material or a materialist explanation. So, for example, if a child is given lots of time alone, he doesn't socialize much with other kids because he's an only child. He has more time to think by himself, and you're suggesting that's going to affect the wiring of his brain or his overall biology. So this is your materialist explanation. Yeah, and even the the parents, right? So I, when my parents started having issue with each other, you know, uh, they were more focused about resolving those issues, right? Um, and not, you know, having me, you know, you know, watching me and playing. I was just, you know, many times I was just left alone. And if my parents were arguing because, you know, my dad did something stupid and my mother didn't like it, I was, I was even, you know, even if I had no other kids to play football with, I would take the, the football and go outside, just play with myself, you know. So, you know, maybe small things like that add up after all those years. And that, that yeah, that's a simple, materialistic, um, very straightforward explanation. Yeah, the wiring, the, the surrounding, the, the environment, the uh, lack of attention from other people, you know, that's all those factors, you know, add up. Maybe, you know, that's, that's a very simplistic explanation, right? Well, it makes sense to me, and I could see that being the explanation, at least for a lot of people, why they do, why they are different as children, which then can manifest later in life being different as adults. I like that explanation. Now give us your woo-woo explanation for why some people are different, even as children. Well, the woo-woo explanation is that we are living in some kind of fake uh, world, and uh, we, as people who have seen uh, to different degrees the fakeness of, of it or feel different, are just from a, some kind of a different energetical perspective, when you want to call it soul or spirit or whatever, are just different, right? And we are somehow came to this world and put, been placed in this world, in this fake construct or uh, some kind of a 
simulation, if you will, uh, and we are just uh, living this this you know artificial reality, and there is this this uh, spark of you know some something real coming through. You know that would be the the short version of the Wu explanation. Obviously, you know here I have many uh, channels, spiritual channels, talking about it and Wu people, and you know. I don't know how much we would want to get into this, but you know that's also I, I. Even though I dismissed that at first, you know, since I was brainwashed and I was engineer, I was always looking to scientific explanation of things, you know, materialistic scientific explanation. I, I sort of all dismissed that at at one point in my life, but I am not so dismissive anymore about it. So if I've understood your second explanation, your woo explanation, you you seem to be suggesting that maybe. In this reality, this place might be some kind of artificial construct, and some people are different from the others, more or less because they were put here as a different spirit or a different soul or a different energy. And so it wasn't a matter of nurture. It wasn't because they got less attention as children or they spent more time by themselves or this kind of thing. It was because from the very beginning, they were different spirits or souls or energies or creatures than the rest. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, that, that uh, those people who end up uh, searching or being awake, they are connected to something, something different than most people, right? So I don't you know all those spiritual terms. I you know these are all uh, loaded terms, and I don't you know they have been hijacked by all those religions and spiritual gurus and. I sometimes don't like to use those, uh, uh, you know, concrete terms that they all use. But yeah, that's that's basically what I'm saying. I we can stick to those terms because I don't know what what would be the better English term. But yeah, some there is some kind of a quote spiritual different connection for some people than the others. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. These terms are loaded, and you say they've been hijacked by different people. And I get what you're saying. I want to come back to this, and any listeners who might want to leave their own comments or send me an email with their thoughts, I'd love to hear it. What Luke seems to be putting forward to us is two explanations for why some people seem to be different even as children. So if we accept the idea that some people are different even as children, which to me makes perfect sense, if we accept that, how do we explain it? Luke seems to be putting forward two potential explanations. One is nurture, this materialistic, and we're using the word materialistic not in the sense of buying clothes and stuff. Materialist is in the outcomes of your consciousness are based on the hardwiring of your brain, which is affected by your experiences as a kid and this kind of thing. That's what we mean by materialistic, as in your consciousness is based on atoms. This is what we're talking about. So his materialistic explanation is the nurture explanation. It's because of the experiences you have as a kid is what makes you different. He's also putting forward a nature explanation, which he calls his woo-woo explanation, which is this idea that it wasn't because something happened to you when you were five or seven or 10 or 15. It's because from the very beginning, some people started off as different, distinctly different creatures from the rest because we might be living in some kind of artificial construct. I like that stuff. And we'll come back and talk about that later on in the call. I've got this all written down, Luke. Don't you worry. This is right up my alley. This is fantastic stuff. But for now, let's get into the podcast that you've been doing. You've interviewed a few people. Your podcast is still in its early days. You've only been doing this since, I think, October of last year, so only a few months. Let me read out for the listeners the list of the interviews that you've done. You started off with Amun Rai, this uh, dude from Portugal, and I first heard of him through Fakeologist many years ago. He's clearly a very intelligent guy. I might even try and get him on a conversation at some point in the next few weeks. So that's episode number one. You labeled it Human Essence and the Hall of Mirrors. Your second guest was Fake Nukes Phil, and that one's entitled Fake Nukes, Fake Wars, fake victims. Your third guest, you entitled it Fake Until Proven Real with Abdefakeologist. Your fourth guest, and you didn't even give it a label. So all of your other podcasts that you've done, you gave them a title, but your fourth one doesn't have a title. It just says Reality Skeptic Podcast, episode number four with guest John LeBon. You didn't even give it a title. Now, why is that? Yeah, there is a there is a title. There is a title, but it 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 was too long of a title to to put it on BitShoot or on those places. If you click the miniature or the, click the the video itself, you will have the the title. Uh, there is a title in there. Maybe maybe I I think uh, the BitShoot and uh, all those channels 
cut my um, my they said it was too long, so I needed to to shorten that the, the the official title. But in the miniature and the video, the MP4 file, you will find the the title is there. Cheeky with you, to be honest. I'm just marking around with you. So the title, you're quite right. It's in the thumbnail, not in the written title on the clickable link. It says, history is a sham, outer space is a sham, and war is not what you think with John LeBond. That was your fourth interview. And by the way, I was very happy with that interview. You did a terrific job with that. I couldn't be more grateful for not just the fact that you came armed with good questions and you knew what you were talking about, but you also seem to spend some time in post-production editing the calls and making them sound better. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How much time do you spend cleaning these audios up? Well, it uh, depends on what, uh, what state it is. Uh, I had, uh, mo- sometimes it only takes me 15 minutes, right? Because the, the call is great, the, the connection is great, and everything is great. I spend much more time with Mark Bailey because we had uh, lost connection. I had some issues. Um, with the software and the to restart it, so that 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 one I spent like um, probably uh, hour trying to you know clean everything up and cut and you know the the parts where the connection is lacking. I mean the the we completely lost connection at one point. So even you know, that that one took more uh, work and that, that wasn't my best um, uh, showing. Uh, you know that Mark Bailey podcast about viruses and virology, but. But some 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 are great, and because I I spent you know few minutes before the recording to to check every level to not make sure I'm not overboosted my mic and stuff like that. So some some of them don't need much uh, much cleaning. But I use this uh, you know free software Audacity, and I do some sometimes some noise reduction, some amplitude boost on the amplitude. You know that that seems to those two simple things even make a sometimes even make a difference. You know so. So it's it's not not very sophisticated stuff. You don't have to put that much effort into cleaning up a podcast to make it sound better. And I understand that some people don't want to do that. They just want to record and then publish and that's it. And I get it. But I do think a lot of people's work would benefit if they just spend a bit of time in post cleaning up a little bit, getting rid of the dead air or maybe getting rid of the technical issues so the listeners don't have to listen to that crap and then publishing it, it makes it sound so much better, more professional. And for me, as someone who, I love the podcast art form. So, you know, some people are very good at music. Some people are good at uh, poetry. Some people are good painters, whatever. For whatever reason, the art form that I seem to have gravitated towards over the past 10 years is podcasting. And so when I listen to people and they're doing good interviews or they're putting out good monologues or whatever, but they don't put any time into the into their content in post, not even half an hour just to clean it up. I think, man, this could be so much better. And that was one of the things that stood out to me with your work. I could tell straight away, hold on, this guy cares about what he's doing. He's not just interviewing people. He's preparing beforehand. He's putting some work into it in post. I think the scene, Luke, and I'm not trying to flatter you, but I think the scene could really benefit from more people like yourself coming along and doing what you do. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I want to officially, you know, for every listener, uh, thank you for uh, you know your Kofi support because I didn't I, you know I was advised to set up a, a, a Kofi account and uh, and I even forgot about it. I set it up and I forgot it uh, and then I one day I check my email and even it was one day or two days after you you even made the the, the you know the the boost uh, so, uh, and the Kofi you know is that even true is that my is that even working and I checked it. A day or two later, and, and yeah, I, so officially uh, for every listener, thanks for the support. I, I uh, you know, I forgot about this this coffee thing, and uh, you know, I I think you 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 did something that I wasn't expecting, something something great. Thanks, man. So for listeners who might not understand what we're talking about, you have this Kofi like K O F I thing set up where if people want to support your work, they can because all of your work is published publicly on BitChute and elsewhere. There's no, you don't have a website with a paywall or anything. You're just publishing it for the people. And if people want to support you, they can through this Kofi or Kofi, however it's pronounced link. So I'll put that link in the show notes in case anybody wants to support your work. But we can talk about all of that later if you want to. Now let's move on to your fifth interview. And this one seems to be the most popular, at least based on the BitChute stats. This one's called Virology as a Pseudoscience with guest 
Dr. Mark Bailey. We'll come back and talk about that in more detail later on, because I know this is one of the topics that you're most interested in, this question of do viruses exist? Is DNA a real thing? How does biology work? I know that you're very much into those topics, so we'll come back and talk about those. And your most recent upload, Amun Rai made a second appearance. It sounds to me, Luke, like you're quite a big fan of this Amun Rai character. Well, yeah, I I uh, think that the how how deeply he approaches from multiple um, sort of uh, layers from different angles, uh, how how he approaches those topics uh, related to uh, how real or how fake this world is. I I obviously, uh, you know, my first podcast, I wasn't really sure about. Um, you know whether I asked the like questions, and I had few few things that I wanted to ask him again or d- ask differently. So that's why I invited him second time because I think those topics are becoming very important to me. The topics about um, how real this world is and uh, how 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 real the thoughts in in that we have in our head, or whether the out of body experiences mean something or just a hallucination. And we talk we touched on those uh, subjects, so that's why I wanted him him back. I think he's a he's a, he's a deep thinker, and uh, obviously he has a very great great way to put uh, those complicated ideas into a very well spoken english you know if you know what i mean so that's you know i wanted just uh, you know i needed to clarify some things with him so you know that's that's why it happened second time it was called the broken game of human life and amun rai isn't here right now and i don't expect you to speak about him in terms that maybe might seem in any way critical but let me say this I have spoken with Armin Rai before at Fakeologist, and I'm familiar with this guy from many years ago, possibly eight years now, was the first time that I heard him on one of the Fakeologist uh, audio chats. Armin Rai, very intelligent guy. He does seem to me to be a little bit, and I don't know if the word is pessimistic or cynical. I'm not sure what word to use to describe it, but he doesn't seem to have much hope for the people. Is that the sense that you've gotten from your two interviews with Armin Rai? Uh, not that much, but uh, yes, there is, uh, he even said it in the last podcast about how the, the human life is, is sort of declining and, you know, we, we made this analogy and he made this analogy to, to some, uh, if we imagine this being a game or a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, kind of a game, uh, that it's getting more difficult and sort of a broken game. And that's why I, I made this title because I, I, I know this. Yes, I, I titled my podcast because, you know, things just came to me. If I, if I sit there listening in the post-production, it just came into my head. So I, I titled it uh, just like that. So, yeah, it, and we were talking about those kind of subject and those sound pessimistic. Yes, that's true. But I'm also not very high on optimism myself, right? I, uh, it's not like uh, I'm depressed or anything. I mean, it depends obviously about the definition of depression somebody has, but I don't have a much high hopes for the so-called humanity and society myself. So it wasn't that, it's not that big of a deal to me if I somebody hears somebody having, you know, issues with how the society is declining, you know, to me, that's, you know, obvious, obvious to me. So, so it's not that uh, striking, you know. Well, that makes perfect sense. So I want to ask you some more questions about some of the interviews that you've done. But first, I want to know, what was it that made you decide, I'm going to start podcasting, I'm going to send an email to some of these people or contact them and try and get them to be a guest. And I'm going to record myself talking to them and publish these podcasts can you walk us back to when you first decided, that's it, I'm not just going to consume the content, I'm going to produce some content. Can you tell us, do you remember when you had this idea or how you got this idea or do you remember the day when you decided, that's it, I'm going to do this? How did you get into podcasting and starting this Reality Skeptic podcast? Well, uh, I think earlier this uh, the last year, I mean, uh, summer, early summer, I was, uh, you know, having, um, I was taking long trips with my bike into the forests area around me and I was having long walks and I was because I was thinking what would I want to do in my future right I obviously I'm I'm from some time I'm uh, not uh, having a regular job and I'm living of my savings and uh, some small stuff that I do for for people sometimes but I because I don't want to return to a big city having a quote nine to five job uh, even if um, 
I can find decently paying job as an engineer, right? So I, I, I don't want to come back to this. So I started thinking about different things I can do with my time and sort of had many ideas, uh, you know, tried to, uh, I sometimes play, you know, guitar and bass guitar. I thought maybe I should try to record something, some music, but then I thought, yeah, I'm not really that, uh, I don't really have a, such a talent to recording music. And and I thought, you know, I I had this mental, you know, kind of fluctuations about, yeah, this world is going, you know, to shit anyway, so maybe I should, you know, at least try to talk with some people uh, and maybe, you know, try to discover more deeper uh, truth. So maybe a podcast is a good idea, but then I, I thought about it that I don't have a great voice for a podcast and stuff like that. And then I, I sort of returned to the idea. I was fluctuating between different things. Um, and I suddenly one day I started, you know, have had a walk in the night. I I took out my phone and I started recording myself, uh, speaking to myself about certain ideas. And I listened back to it and I think, yeah, maybe my voice and English is not that good, but maybe maybe it's not suck doesn't suck anyway. So that much. So let's let's try it. And then I started, you know, sending emails. Then I. Immediately, you know, I didn't have much much response, and then I thought maybe now maybe I should do a solo podcast, and then I thought man maybe not, and so I took a break from from all electronic devices, and I came back after weeks, and then I saw some responses, and uh, somehow uh, it it uh, just uh, uh, happened that way, and then and I thought okay, at least few people responded, you know, after some time, and you know okay let let me try to do it. So you decided to get into podcasting and you contacted Armin Rai and then you sat down, recorded a podcast. You've interviewed these people. Of all the people you've interviewed, has there been anything that's come up that has made you, how do I put this question? What has happened in the interviews that you've done? Anything memorable that comes to mind that maybe you weren't expecting or somebody said something that you truly found remarkable or somebody said something where you thought, hold on, this guy, this guy is uh, not quite the... Not what I expected. Without, I'm not trying to ask you to criticize anybody or say anything negative, but do you get my question? In the interviews you've done so far, what stands out the most? I will tell you one positive in general and one sort of negative. Uh, I think the positive fact uh, is that how all those people uh, have had such a unique and different uh, journey to, to the quote waking up, right? So every because when you look at uh, the the society and the normies i i think the the society has a unique way of creating you know clones from every people like i'm i'm not saying that all people are the same but um the so called normies right uh, they they sort of think the same way they get triggered by the same way i know people some some are on the left scene of the politics some are on the right scene but in general it's this, the same it's just like um, i have this you know i had this feeling like i was working working in the big city and i was you know, walking with all those people and uh, in the city centers, they all just felt like this, this the same clones, sort of speak. Uh, it might sound a little bit harsh, but but uh, what I found most remarkable about doing this podcast, how sometimes it comes comes up from the from the guest, uh, his own story about seeing the truth and uh, about this world and how unique all those stories are, right? So I I talked to a guy from Portugal. He has a unique way of. Uh, a unique uh, story and unique way of talking about it. You know, the, the guy from California, Phil, right? He he has a different approach and different wake, waking up stories and uh, how he first saw the fake shootings and how was, you know, and, uh, you know, Fakeologist has his own story in a different way. And you had your own, you know, travels around the world and, and different uh, story and approach to, to life. And, you know, the guy from, uh, the doctor from New Zealand, Mark Bailey, he, had, he was a doctor, he was working you know, and he was a proper proper job, and how he has a unique story about discovering and the the scam of the medical industry. Right, all those stories are are very unique. Even though you know the 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 foundation of being curious and asking questions is, is is there the 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 common thing about all those people. But the the whole journey is is completely different, right? That was the most surprising uh, kind of a positive thing because you know. Sometimes I it, it, it a little bit uh, you know touches on that thing we talked about you know all those how, why some people are more curious and are more awake than others I you know all those uh, people that I interviewed you know 
have have this you know unique uh, unique thing to them you know even if i don't agree sometimes with them there is this unique connection and there is um you know the the journey is different but uh, you know there is a different vibration so to so to speak you know to them than all those people i meet every day on the street so to speak the normies right so that's the strange way of putting it but that's that's, that's the most uh, unique uh, like uh, thing uh, for me you know to to really have an opportunity to discover that some people have a completely different um, journey to to so called uh, you know discovering uh, uh, you know the scams of this world right so that would be the the so called positive the optimistic so to speak I don't know if you want to hear the negative. So certainly do want to hear the negative. So what you're saying is the positive is you've enjoyed talking with these people and getting to know their stories of how they've come to be doing what they're doing. It sounds to me like what you're saying has been the, one of the positives of doing this. Yeah, it's, it, it's surprising because you wouldn't expect, you know, some people, uh, you know, you wouldn't expect. Uh, I, w- I wasn't expecting, you know, like, for example, Dr. Mark Bailey, that he would be was certainly curious even before he discovered that viruses are fake. and. He was sort of uh, even even him like as a as a doctor you know medical doctor you obviously you are paid some serious money at least in some countries as a doctor right and and the way he he just he just you know stuck with with asking questions about virology and all those medications and like you know you just there's a different different most doctors that you talk to or more people you talk to just just they they are just stuck in one mode like they are stuck in certain parameters and they, they never go uh, beyond those so parameters so to speak and, and the people i've talked to the uniqueness of of their approach to life and you know that was the positively surprising thing that i can talk to a guy from california who has no higher education and i can talk to a doctor who has a higher education and both of them are interested and curious about life and both of them have different life stories but there is a unique flavor to their life story if you know what i mean that's i don't know if i correctly explain that in english but uh... i can relate to that that's why whenever i speak to people in these conversations i like to get to know what is their story how did they end up in this corner of the internet sometimes i'll spend 20 or 30 minutes in the first part of the conversation going through the chronology okay so take us right back when did you first start questioning what was on tv or what happened next and i like to get to know people's i call it their chronology how did they end up here because this corner of internet luke is like I said, there's a broader act realm. There's a broader alternative or independent, you know, media or truth scene or whatever you want to call it. It's a very large place full of lots of people, thousands and thousands of people around the world. But the number who are at least aware of things like fake planes or fake nukes or fake viruses, that's a much smaller number of people. To end up here, you've kind of gotten to the, the pointy end of the act realm. And I'm curious to know how do people end up here? And I've got a theory that I'll share with you in the second part of the call. I've got a theory now, and I can't prove it, but I've got some evidence to support it, that some people think they got here organically or by chance, but actually the system, and I'm just using the word system in a broad sense, I'll explain it in the second part of the call. The system has kind of directed some of us here. And I'll explain all of that more in the second part of the call. It might even fit in with your woo-woo explanation of why some people are different. So we'll get to that later on. But I'm always curious to know, how do people end up here? This is a strange place to end up. I can see how some people get into the vanilla conspiracy theories like the moon landing hoax or whatever. Joe Rogan used to speak about the moon landing hoax. That's kind of mainstream. I can see how some people get into this idea that, or maybe the, the vaccines are dangerous or whatever. That's pretty much mainstream. That stuff all makes sense to me. But how do people end up here where they're saying, hey, these planes going into the buildings, they're not real planes, which to us is now obvious. And hopefully most of the listeners by now, to them, it's obvious as well. But to a normal person, that is completely insane. When they see that footage, they see a real plane going into the buildings, a real explosion. Okay. And they fully believe 3000 people died. And any suggestion to the contrary is in their mind, in their reality, absolutely insane same with the moon landings most people when you show them the footage of the moon landings or if they see the footage they see a man walking on the moon bouncing around on the moon driving a dune buggy on the moon to them that's totally real there's not even a skerrick of doubt about what they're seeing for the normal person but then there are people who get to this part of 
this corner of the internet, this corner of the act realm, as I call it. And for us, we're seeing what is quite clearly a set. It's clearly fake. Like we're in different realities is what I'm trying to say. So how do people end up in this reality? I find it fascinating. So I can relate to you talking about that being a fun part of interviewing people, getting to know their story. How about the negative part, Luke? Tell us, having done these interviews, what has been the negative or the uh, the not so pleasant part? What is it? Tell us. Was it talking to John LeBon? Because I was pretty crazy that day. I'll be honest. I was in a little bit of a crazy mood that day. And if people don't believe me, they can go and listen to the, what is it, your fourth interview with John LeBon. I'll put a link to it in the show notes below, folks. Maybe Luke's least pleasant experience was having to deal with me that day. I was in a very strange mood, Luke. I really was. I can't even remember. What did I do the night before? I can't remember. But when I spoke to you, yeah, I was, uh, boy, I was in a strange mood. So if that was the least pleasant interview you've done, I don't take it personally, Luke. That was a weird one. Although I have to say, I listened back to it, and I think I was making some very good points, some terrific points. And if people like just want to say that I sounded depressed that day, okay, fine. But that day, I was in the mood to talk about the real stuff and not put any mayonnaise or sugar on it. Let's talk about the real stuff, folks. This reality that we're in, there are some bleak elements to it. And so I spoke about that with Luke. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that interview if people want to go and check it out. Luke, tell me the truth. Give it to me straight. Was that the weirdest interview you've done so far? No, no. Actually, it was one of the most interesting interviews that I've done because, uh, you know, we touched on so many deep... And I like to talk about heavy, deep subjects. It's not like, uh, you know, some people maybe don't or they want to talk about simple subjects and stuff like that and more more quote positive but i think we we did a great job talking into about uh, you know heavy topics that wasn't uh, what i meant by negative i meant by what um, all those interviews and uh, all these few months uh, have unfortunately um, the the negative part right i'm going i'm getting into this this negative part that i learned from all the interviews it's how there is a deeper problem with human beings in general and those interviews even though i spoke with some very intelligent, uh, you know, awake people who have a different journeys in life. There, there is one problem that we all kind of have, and that um, those interviews are reinforced that this whole mental ego structure of the human organism, that is the real, I don't want to say it's the root of all evil, but because it sounds like, sounds way too, 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 too negative, but... I'm not saying ego is bad or good. I'm just saying that the whole mental persona that all human beings seem to have, that structure seems to be the reason of every single human being. And it sounds heavy and it sounds difficult to explain, but talking to people, I, I now understand that my issue and all people's issue, whether you are awake or not, that the mind and the, the self-consciousness part of the human seems to be the final frontier of uh, having an internal, the final blockade uh, that separates the human being from being a natural, peaceful, you know, quote, uh, fully, fully calm and natural flowing uh, creature, so to speak. If you know what I mean, the, the every single human being on this planet, whether you are awake or asleep, has some kind of a psychological, mental, I don't know how, how to put it in English even, some kind of an issue, every single body, whether you are more awake, less awake, you know, and even, you know, if you are one of the, quote, calmer, more knowledgeable human beings out there, every single body has mental issues, you know, that's the negative part, that those interviews, even those people were fantastic and they have plenty of knowledge and I had fun talking to all those people. Every single one, including me obviously, has some kind of a mental barrier and that's that's the negative part that I realized that talking to people that every single human being has a, some kind of a psychological barrier slash issue, so whatever you want to call it. Okay, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is by interviewing people and getting to know them better, could you speak to them for an hour, two hours even more? getting to know them better, you start to realize even these intelligent people, and you've spoken to some very intelligent people, possibly including me, the audience can make up their own mind, am I intelligent? You make up your own mind, but the rest of the people you've interviewed, some very intelligent, bright, creative people there, even them, when you get to know them better, you realize, okay, they're smart in some ways, 
but they're, and this does include me, I include myself in this, we might be smart in some ways and clever and creative in some ways, maybe even some of your guests very positive in some ways, but when you get to know people, you realize we all do have some issues, as you call them, some mental barriers, as you call them, some mental blocks or things that we, we might be able to process some stuff really well, but other stuff we can't process so well. We all seem to have that is what you sound like you're trying to say. Yeah, that's, that might be a good summary. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I know it applies to me. In some ways, I think I'm very clever and very talented and my analytical skills are very good in some ways. But the older I get, Luke, I'm 36 now. The older I get, the more I realize, yeah, in some ways, I seem to be able to see stuff that other people just cannot see. And it's obvious to me. And I seem to be able to make some assessments that are correct and are proven correct over time. But in other ways, the older I get, the more I realize that there are some topics I don't seem to be able to resonate with enough to do the work to learn about them, or I don't seem to be able to understand them as fast as other people do or what have you. And I've got other issues as well, just in my own, the way that I live my life and my thought patterns and my behaviors. In some ways, I'm a very troubled individual. And I think this is true of most, if not all of the people who somehow find their way to this corner of the internet. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, yeah. Well, in the second part of the call, we've got a lot to talk about, Luke. I want to start off talking about, if you're cool with this, your uh, woo-woo explanation of why some people are different, because I've got my theories and I want to hear more about yours. There are some people who believe that this reality that we're in is some kind of artificial construct, and that doesn't necessarily mean a simulation, folks. There are other explanations, but there are some people who believe that what's going on here is not as simple as oh, well, there were some organisms and then some lightning struck a pond and then somehow some cells divided and then they started growing legs and breathing air. And over millions of years, humans got here on a giant spinning ball. And But it's all just effectively an accident. It doesn't really mean anything eventually. Some people believe in that kind of stuff. Other people believe, no, there's another explanation or there's other explanations for why we're here. And when you start studying certain topics both exoteric and esoteric, over time you might come up with your own conception of what this place really is and why we're really here. I want to talk about that with you, Luke, because I know that you've got your ideas. I've got mine. We'll talk about that in the second hour. And then also, if we get time, you know way more than I do about electromagnetism and what we might call the material explanations for how the world works. And you've got your own skepticism of the official story I want to talk about that. And then also biology, DNA, your interview with Dr. Bailey, what viruses, what's going on with virology, the terrain theory, these kinds of things. That's a topic I really don't know much about because once I realized that viruses are probably a hoax, that was it. That's all I needed to know. I never really went much further with it. But you've interviewed people, you've done your own research, you know a lot about it. So we might talk about that as well if we get the time in the second part of the call. But for this part of the call, we need to wrap it up, Luke. So I'm going to put links in the show notes below. People can go and check out your BitChute. What other platforms? Because you upload your stuff to multiple platforms. You've got BitChute. What else have you got? Odyssey and Spotify for podcasters, which was uh, Anchor FM uh, back in the day. And obviously, I put some short fragments that are less have a less censorable content on YouTube because people are stuck using YouTube. So I put some short fragments and then put links to other other platforms on YouTube, uh, but that's, I, I don't really care about YouTube that much, but, you know, Odyssey, BitChute is the most people I, I have most li- views uh, and listens uh, on BitChute, you know, and uh, yeah. So I'll put a link to all of those platforms in the show notes below. Like I said, you've done six interviews so far, two with Amun Rai, one with Fake Nukes Phil, who focuses on what I might call the war hoax, one with Ab the Fakeologist, who I'm sure most of my listeners must be familiar with. We've had the Fakeologist on the conversations before in the past. And also this Dr. Mark Bailey, who, uh, like you said, is from New Zealand. And he's very skeptical about the official story of how people get sick. So I'll put a link to your platform in the show notes below in the second hour of the call, which is available to members of Bonversations. We're going to talk about a lot of topics that came up already. And some topics that didn't. I look forward to it. But Luke, for the first part of the call, you get the final thought. So on January 25, 2024, this is Bombersations number 37. I'm John the Bond coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. This is Luke coming to us from Chuhuf.
which is in the northwest of Poland. And he's got the final thoughts for the first part of the call. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me and uh, thanks for everybody for listening. I want to say that uh, I think uh, people might, the ben most beneficial thing that people can do sometimes if they are interested in doing so, that if uh, not only that the material world and the media and all the lies that have been, we have been fed, but also the, how the mind functions itself, how human processes information, that also is a um, topic that people might want to study and might look into because you might find uh, that certain habits and certain patterns and certain issues, you can dissolve them just by understanding how it all works. And that might be helpful for some people. I will try to do uh, dive deeper into maybe if I do more podcasts about these topics, about how deeper uh, the brain and mental side of human being works. And, you know, that's the thing that people sometimes forget. They want to focus about the, uh, on the media side of things or the material, quote, material side of things. But there is a a deeper um, issue with with all humans and that might be beneficial for some if somebody feels depressed or has some nasty habits there is a way to and the way is by understanding how it all works to to dissolve all the issue not try to fix them with some kind of a stupid medica medicaments or some stupid prescriptions or other stuff like that so that that people might you know be interested in that they should focus on on the internal side sometimes even more than the external side you know that would be my final comment you've been listening to bonversations we appreciate and thank all of the supporters who make this possible now have yourself a lovely day with regard to nobody died nobody got hurt in these wars how dare you